0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You
1: are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings
2: part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: well it was another preseason offering for the sacramento kings on monday night as they took on the portland trailblazers their final home preseason game they've got two more to go thursday and friday when they'll take on the clippers and the warriors and as far as monday night went that was another tough scoring night for the sacramento kings welcome in to locked on kings i'm jason ross thank you for listening Whether you're following us and subscribing daily for us on iTunes, you can get us each and every day, daily content Monday through Friday here on Locked on Kings. Also on Audio Boom on Google Play, and on Stitcher. Today we recap the Monday night preseason game against the Blazers. Also, uh, along the Locked on Network, all of us were asked to kind of describe our team to the network on shows that are going to be put together on Locked on NBA. And I'll let you hear what I uh, described about the Sacramento Kings. I know it's content you've Probably heard me say in a couple of different ways, but there were some specific questions we were asked, and I followed their guidelines, and uh, I'm going to let you hear that as well today, but let's first start out with the game against the Portland Trailblazers on Monday night, and i got to kind of start out with almost who didn't play, and what became a story from the game on Sunday in Las Vegas, which De'Aaron Fox attacked the basket, got hit hard, landed on his back, uh, didn't play in the second half, had x-rays on Monday, everything came back negative, that was good and he has been listed as day-to-day, did not play Monday, but he was joined by several Kings that did not play. Dave Yeager really cut down the roster. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Vince Carter, De'Aaron Fox, Harry Giles, George Hill, Costa Kufis, Zach Randolph, and Garrett Temple all did not play for the Sacramento Kings. So this is what happened then. You create opportunities for different players, younger players. It was mainly a group of young guys out there, obviously, as the veterans resting And it really makes it difficult for me to evaluate the team on a grander scale than just the game that we watched Monday night. Because, you know, you see a team that Sunday struggled to score in Las Vegas. They struggled to score again on Monday night against the Portland Trailblazers. But I feel like there's a couple of reasons for that. Not excuses, just reasons. Portland, for one... Played their starters, their playoff team four years in a row, and they played Alfa Aminu, Mo Harkless, Yusuf Nurkic, CJ McCollum, and Damian Lillard. All of them played twenty eight minutes or more, or twenty six or more, roughly in the game. And then their bench still has you know proven NBA guys like Evan Turner, Ed Davis, and then some young guys that they like. So you know they basically played a lot of their core group and that seemed to be a difference in the game. The Kings got themselves a lead early, then were trailing, looked like they were in trouble, pulled within six in the game to start the fourth quarter, and then an 11-0 run basically ended the game as far as the impact overall of the game. But it, like I said, it's hard to evaluate the team in a broad strokes when the lineup that started was Justin Jackson, Scalabi Sierra, Willie Cauley-Stein, Buddy Heald, and Frank Mason. Now, that's not that abnormal a group, but when that five is playing, or if you see a Matt Jones with a Malachi Richardson and Yorgos Papianos, Yorgos Papianos, would it look different with Garrett Temple and Vince Carter out there as well? Or Zebo and George Hill with Justin Jackson, Willie Colleystein Stein, and Buddy Heald. You know, just there's so many different combinations this team can throw out at there, out at you. But when you're playing a playoff team, a season team, a playoff team for four years in a row, a coach that's been around, this team is just ahead of of the Sacramento Kings in many ways, not just in talent right now, but the amount of games they've played together, the sets they've got put in, all those kind of things. So the Kings are in a difficult spot when you're resting guys and not playing veterans, and that's what they did on Monday night. But here's a little listen back to some of the things that happened positively and some negatively as well for the Kings in their loss to the Blazers.
2: Williams hooks it over his shoulder to straight away. 17-footer is good. When he's got his feet set and he squares up and doesn't fade side to side or backwards, his shot is really pretty to watch. Here's Justin Jackson in rhythm for three. Score it from the corner. So the drought is over. His first NBA three-pointer. Jackson now to Scal. LaVisierre, left shoulder toward the basket, Isolate on the left side, runs into a double team, spins for the fall away and hits it. Good patience that time by LaVisierre. He now has 13 points. He is Sacramento's leading scorer. Justin Jackson has 12. 60 to 50 in favor of Portland. Scal shakes once, spins, dumps it out to Malachi. He shakes on the perimeter, loses the ball, tracks it down. Now you're down to four seconds. Has to launch a three, and he hits it. Hello, Malachi. Nice to see him knock down the long distance connection. Only the second one he's made in the preseason. It's his first bucket tonight. That makes it 71-65. Portland has had great success over the years against Sacramento. Last year they won 2 out of 3. Tonight in preseason play they win by 14. The final score is 97 to 83.
0: So the final was 97-83 for those that care about the score. Kings lose this one. Justin Jackson went 5 of 10, 3 of 6 beyond the arc. That was encouraging. Scored 16 to lead the Kings. 13 for Frank Mason. I continue to be impressed by him. He added five rebounds and three assists, and also 13 from Scalabisier with seven rebounds. Willie had eight points, eight boards, but was three of 11. Buddy Heald, also three of 11. Wasn't that impressed with the guys off the bench either. Uh, Malachi had a rough shooting day at two of seven. Papa Giannis was okay. Matt Jones, Marcus Williams, Chakar Sampson, Jack Cooley, all guys you figured out to be really in the rotation. So that's where I'm talking about it's hard to evaluate what the team actually did, and how they played. But a couple of things. If we are breaking down the game itself, Kings out-rebounded yet again, 48-39 to in the game. Free throw disparity was a huge factor in the game. I mean, the Kings, at the end of the game, had the same amount of field goals made, one less three-pointer. You know I always watch that stat, three-point differential. So really marginal differences there. But three point, excuse me, free throws, 24 of 33. So the Blazers had 33 attempts, made 24 of them. Kings only got to the line 14 times. They did make 11, but you're getting 13 more points at the line. Kings lost by 14 points. So it's basically the free throw game was different. Kings were called for a lot more fouls. And, you know, part of it is young guys playing, a little handsy, a little uh, not moving their feet as much. And so that was some of the factors, certainly, Uh, In the game, but in the end, you know, you didn't play with De'Aaron Fox as well. You also, uh, one thing I can say, late in the game, there was a little bit of concern in the final minute or so. Scow looked like he bumped knee on knee. Uh, By all accounts, everything looks to be okay, but he was hobbling for the last possession or two, kind of hobbled into the locker room, but looks like nothing is uh, serious there. So that certainly is what you want in the preseason, is just to get through as much as you can and keeping your roster as healthy as, as you possibly can when you enter the regular season all right now let's hear from the coach dave yeager his reaction to uh, this loss of 14 points to the portland trailblazers uh you know it's good, a
1: good learning experience for uh for our guys i was really proud of a couple guys who've had some tough nights um throughout the regular season to find a little bit of rhythm offensively and to go at some guys who uh, have been in the league for a long time and have a lot of experience uh, I thought Frank Mason uh, had a nice game bouncing back from a, a tough night there in San Antonio. Uh, Justin Jackson to see a couple shots go down. Um, I thought Scal did a nice job on the glass. You know, he's out uh, out-weighted, uh so to speak. But he went and went, and, he, you know, the number isn't as high as many times as as, as he went, uh, which is good for us and good for him. Uh, he went to the glass hard, and so saw a lot of positive things. Um, you know, played an older, experienced team who runs a lot of stuff that's difficult to guard uh, when you don't have a lot of time to prepare for it and you're a young team, and uh, they've been doing it for a while together, especially those two guards, uh, you know, they're hard to guard.
0: One of the things that sticks out is just the discrepancy in terms of free throws attempted. Is, is part of that just the young guys, um, that's part of the physicality of them learning to, to kind of embrace it and, and challenge um, uh, other uh, opponents on that physicality of the game?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, but it is what it is. I mean, there's, there's a girth issue there. You know what I mean? So uh, I'll, I'll just kind of what you got to do is just keep fighting and try to do your work early. You know, if they get you too deep uh, coming down the court or the, you know, we got to help each other because uh, once you get too deep, then you get the, the, the handheld, you know, the holding and the grabbing and those kinds of things. So uh, it's also the preseason, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it comes out. But we'll keep working on that.
0: And Justin Jackson seems to be showing kind of his versatility in terms of being able to attack off the dribble, his three-point shot, and even comfortable operating on the on the low post. Uh, what what has developed most in the preseason for him?
1: Really, I didn't see him post up that much.
0: He did. We had it on the I highlight reel. I missed it. Nice. <laughs> oh,
1: you know, he ducked in. Yeah, because he's he's an excellent cutter. Uh, you know, he's a good player. Uh, can play off of other people, and so uh, as a good cutter. Uh, if he makes some shots and he's been struggling and he hasn't lost his confidence, you know, he's, he's putting in his work every day. He's he's almost an overworker, uh, just a great guy to have in our culture and our program. So, you know, you just keep supporting a guy that it's going to go in. So now all of a sudden, you know, he sees one go in, it feels good. The defense flies out at him. I thought, you know, when he plays north-south, you know, he's he's more effective off the dribble um, than having to go sideways. So, uh, yeah, I was happy for him.
0: what's kind of okay what's kind of your biggest just takeaway over this this week these these four tests that these guys have had
1: well they've all been different and it's a good opportunity we had four different. Uh, games we had to, you know, a shoot around on the road. How do we do that? Shoot around at home. Uh, how do we do that? Uh, second night of a back to back at home today, so you don't have a shoot around. And so, what's your, you're trying to get guys to know what their routine is, so that they can set up. They know, hey, at two hours before the game, I can start my routine where where we are and whatever uh, it is. So uh, you just try to get through that. We've had uh, opportunities to get guys a lot of minutes. I feel like guys should feel that they've had a real chance. Uh, and to find a rhythm instead of playing, you know, two nights of eight to twelve minutes, so you get you know twenty four minutes. I think every player in America would would take the twenty four.
2: Coach, how much uh, sort of learning curve that you're getting from Malachi and Papianis? They have a really rough first half, but both of them kind of bounce back, had a little bit better second half. How how important is it to get this time for them?
1: Uh it's you know it's very valuable. It's you know it's good to play against other people other than you know the guys that you've been playing against in practice. And you know Malika hasn't had a chance to play a lot, a lot of minutes against other teams because of the injury from last year. Or so, uh, and then you know when he went down for summer league, that was out too, and that would have been you know um, forty minutes, you know three four games. So uh, those are all very valuable things. And to see you know that Papianis and, and, and Nurkic is a is a better matchup for him than having maybe some uh, swifter. Of feet uh, guys to play um, you don't see a lot of Nurkiches in the league but Papa took on the took on the challenge and, and was physical
0: well what coach did like as you heard at the beginning he liked the play of Justin Jackson and Frank Mason again Mason I I really like him I don't know when his minutes will fall in place for this team but he does play hard plays he's tough gritty I like how he plays and I could see him getting some minutes in the rotation for the Sacramento Kings Justin Jackson there's open minutes at the three spot maybe that could be a spot for him playing around more veterans um, he also addressed how it's difficult to guard a team like Portland when they're experienced and you don't really prepare for the other teams in the preseason. I mean, that's just a fact. You don't do it. And that's the other part about what the coach addressed, that they've gone through four different games, four different experiences, who they're playing, um, who is playing in the game, guys that are resting, guarding other professionals, going through shoot film session, all the different things. That this team is is still learning to do, like the young guys are. When you talk about experienced NBA teams, they're further along in training camp, literally in uh, the sets they're running, the detail of their defenses and switches, and how they're going to play pick and roll. The Kings are just learning each other, I and mean, they're really at the beginning of stages. And one of the things Coach Yeager said to us in the pregame uh, before the game was talking about how what would really be ideal, the ideal length of training camp. And he said, "Oh, for this group, it would be more like six weeks." And twelve preseason games. Well, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have that. He has six preseason games, but only about two weeks. And again, the NBA regular season starts a week from to a week from Wednesday for the Sacramento Kings. So, uh, the routine of things is it's not all there yet, and that's the reality that the Sacramento Kings are in. But in the end. They lose this one, 97-83. they got two more to go when they'll take on the Clippers on Thursday and the Warriors on Friday. All right, I want to tell you about SeatGeek. I tell you about this each and every week, and literally, true story, on Monday, I had a friend of mine that actually sent out a text. We're kind of in a group text on different things, and they asked, which this is so great. It's almost like, hey, I know the answer to this, but they asked if there was a good uh, spot rec- that any of us, that there's four of us on this uh, chain of text, that the, is there a good spot you would recommend for finding tickets for sporting events. They live out of town. They're looking to go to a hockey game. And I said, exactly, I got a spot for you. It's SeatGeek. That is the place you need to go when you're buying tickets for, in this case, hockey. Uh, It's the NBA. It's the NFL, baseball, concerts, comedy shows. Sports and concerts, that's the thing you need to think about, is SeatGeek. It's the best way, the easiest way to get tickets to these live events with SeatGeek's easy experience. On the mobile app, that's how you do it. You could buy tickets, you could sell tickets. In a couple of taps, SeatGeek helps you find the seats that you're looking for at the best prices that you're looking for. And best of all, all of this, it's fully guaranteed. So SeatGeek will save you time in your ticket-buying experience and make it easier than ever. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket out there, whether it's sports, concerts, comedy, and theater. They've got all the things you're looking for at SeatGeek. And best of all, right now, you guys can get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Here's how you do it. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code LONBA today. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, now we're going to close things out on the podcast today. I mentioned at the beginning that um, our Locked On NBA segment is going to get a preview from everybody in our Locked On Network. So, Locked On Raptors, Locked On Lakers, Locked On Heat, Locked On Jazz. Every team is doing kind of a criteria that they're following and giving their analysis of their team. So, every host of the Locked On NBA Network is doing that, and they're making a collective. You know, Western Conference Pacific Division preview, and so on and so forth. So, I thought you might want to hear kind of the the parameters we were set and how we had to answer questions and what I said about the Sacramento Kings. Hey there, Jason Ross here from Locked on Kings, and the Sacramento Kings fans are excited about another NBA season ahead because this team has made the big decision to move on from DeMarcus Cousins. They did it at the NBA trade deadline. It really started a snowball of the NBA's biggest offseason in recent memory as far as name power changing teams and in different locations. But for the Kings, a couple storylines that we'll be following is the impact of that. That move was made to hit the reset button for an organizational change of philosophy. And they said, you know what? We are comfortable going young. We are going to flood this team with a bunch of young players, mix in some veterans. So what the offseason did for this team was give them cap space, give them flexibility, It allowed the young guys to play the final 25 games of the season. They had a good draft with four players coming in and it is a very, very young roster. Three years or younger. Willie Cauley-Stein in his third year and then nine other players are in year two or year one on this roster. So it's the youngest kind of team that's trying to develop a core. Then they've got five veterans mixed in. So it'll be watching the young guys develop will be one of the huge storylines heading into this season. As far as What needs to happen for the best case scenario to me for this team would be to clearly identify at season's end of those 10 players that I mentioned that are three years or younger, which guy, which two guys, which three guys, which four, you're not going to get all 10, but three, four guys that you can say with clarity at season's end are guys they're going to build around. I believe it's going to be De'Aaron Fox. I believe they like Scalabissier, guys like that. But they need to know, hey, this guy may be more of a rotational player that we'd like to keep, but we could move. This guy is going to be a guy that could be an all-star. This guy is going to be a core piece. They need to have those questions answered, I think at least, or have more clarity on them by the end of the season. As far as what's the worst-case scenario, this is where I think the Kings are in excellent position. They have come to a realization that they don't have any all-stars, They're building with all these young players that I mentioned, and they're comfortable. They don't want to have a losing season, but they're comfortable knowing that it might take a year or two or three to get to where they want to go. So I don't know that there's a win total or a loss total that would derail the plan. It shouldn't. What would be the worst case scenario is if ownership got impatient, and I think they've already alleviated that by extending Vlade contract, extending Dave Yeager's contract, and made any kind of crazy front office or coaching changes. That, to me, would be the worst-case scenario. I can't envision that. I know it was very apparent and something this organization has done, but I think they finally reached the point where they've got a vision, they've got a plan, and they've got stability, which is exactly what this organization needed. As far as the guys, I think you may be thinking of differently at the end of the season. I've got a couple of candidates and one certainly will be Willie Cauley Stein. I think Willie, after the Demarcus trade, played very well in the final twenty-five games. Is a more well-rounded NBA game, and I think he will be one that people will think of uh, differently around, certainly in Sacramento, but around the NBA as a guy that really is blossoming into a more of a complete player. I think people will be very excited about De'Aaron Fox because we always talk about things you can't teach. He's got a level of quickness and speed that is. Off the charts, absolutely off the charts, and I think he has got superstar written all over him, and he's just a great young man. So De'Aaron Fox would be the other guy I would think people who are already excited about, but I think they'll think of even completely different after his first full season. Uh, Players who might have their career trajectory impacted the most this season on a positive or negative way. Um, This one's a tough one. It kind of goes back to that core of trying to find out guys that they're excited about. There's so many people in the Kings organization that are excited about Bogdan Bogdanovich, who has come over uh, finally to the U.S. The Kings have him on a three-year deal. He's technically a rookie, but uh, his ability to create, to shoot, uh, just gets how to play. I think a lot of people will be impressed by where his career goes quickly uh, in the NBA. As far as the rookies who will have an impact and how much it's the roster. What's What's fascinating is their point guard position. George Hill comes in as the highest-paid king after a great year in the Utah Jazz. They draft De'Aaron Fox High, and the next guy on the list is Frank Mason, only the reigning college basketball player of the year so far through summer league and early preseason. He has been tough to keep off of the floor, so the three different point guards the Kings have could end up proving to be a strength of what this current version of the Sacramento Kings will be. And my best guess as to how this entirety of the season will end Well, the easiest one to say would be another year without the playoffs. But I think what is encouraging is the fact that, as I mentioned earlier, they've got a general manager and a front office with more stability, a coach that they like that'll be kind of rounding into form and grooming these younger players. They'll need to find uh, the core pieces that they're looking for. But by all accounts, they have a locker room that's happy, The veterans are impressed by the young guys. I think the team will have fantastic chemistry. I think they'll be fun to watch. I think they'll have some nights where they beat some really, really good teams because I think they're going to compete. That's kind of a trait of a Dave Yeager team. I don't know what their true overall identity will be. They're going to want to run more than when they had Rudy and DeMarcus, more half-court players. So I think it's going to be something that Sacramento fans will fall in love with. NBA fans might be intrigued, those that check out the league pass. But in the end, I see a team that doesn't make the playoffs. I see a team that... Fights for right around the high 20s to 30-win mark. Maybe overachieves a little bit if if all things go well. But certainly in the talented West, they'll be on the outside looking in, but knowing that they are building it the right way and that their future is set up well financially, as far as contracts going forward, and a roster that is filled with young players. Well, those were my things for our Locked on NBA segment coming up later. You'll be able to hear that if you want in its entirety amongst all the division teams. But I have some high hopes and some concerns, certainly for the Kings, and not much has changed with watching them so far in the preseason. That'll do it for today's edition of Locked On Kings. Thank you so much for listening on Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of Locked On Kings.
2: You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network